Hello out there, Lucy Fenwick here, and I am happy to welcome you back into the Emberverse. I hope you've been well since our last chat. If you're new here, feel free to snoop around a bit, and I might recommend starting with episode one. Now please, make yourself cosy, and I will fill you in on all that has recently transpired. There is much to catch you up on since we last spoke. After visiting the trader's market, I spent a couple of days recuperating from the lost sleep and trying to sort out what my mind was trying to tell me from the repeated dreams. The former was successful, with several nights now with no dreams of any kind. The latter was not successful. I still have no idea what the dream was about, but with some distance and good sleep between me and it, it doesn't seem nearly as menacing as it did at the time I shared it with you. When I planned to venture out into the city once again, I decided to try contacting Rafa ahead of time. Since I still didn't know where he stays or how he keeps tabs on my comings and goings, I was stumped for a time on how to do it. Then I remembered the stylus and paper he sent me a while back. I had put them away in a drawer of the desk in my room so as to not lose them, as I wasn't really sure at the time what I was supposed to do with them. So I pulled them out and sat down at the desk, where I sit right now, actually, but when I went to write something, I wasn't sure how to go about it. I wasn't even sure if it'd work any longer. My magic had shown me the pen in its schematic form, but it hadn't shown me the magic that made the pen talk to the paper on the other end. Or maybe I hadn't looked for it. I studied the pen again. This time setting it on top of the paper and looking at them as a unit. I wondered how it worked, and my magic came into view. Yellow lines appearing in mid-air, only visible to me. Once again, I saw the pen in its exploded view, showing me its mechanics. I changed the question in my mind to wondering if there was magic between the pen and the paper. Sure enough, a hazy, sparkling thread came into view between the pen and the paper, it was clear to me that this signified magic was present, and not mechanics. I broadened my view, still wondering about the magic, and another hazy, sparkling thread flowed out of the pen and into the open air between me and the window. So the pen was magically connected to something else, presumably another set of pen and paper in Rafa's possession. I turned the pen in my fingers. Would this magic thread lead me to Rafa? Or at least to the other set? What would he think if I showed up on his doorstep? Would it even work? I had to try. So I changed quickly out of my skirt and into my slim-fitting black pants once more, laced my boots, and grabbed the pen and paper. Once in the street, I had to focus harder to see the wispy yellow thread of magic in the daylight. It pointed me in the direction Rafa had wandered off on the night we had drinks, so that was encouraging. All I had to do was keep hold of the pen and paper in one hand, as discreetly as I could, and keep my question in my mind. Where does the magic come from? A surprisingly short distance away, the thread changed direction, and I found myself staring at a small alleyway. To my right, the buildings were clearly made up of homes, but much more permanent than the single room I rent from Madame de Free. The left side looked to be the back side of the shops that faced the street I'd passed a moment before. 
suddenly nervous. I entered the alleyway slowly. The thread of magic was brighter now, in the shadow of the buildings, and easier to follow. Or maybe it was brighter because I was getting closer. I tried to look like I knew what I was doing, so as to not raise suspicion. But the fact that no one else was out and about was probably my only saving grace. Four homes in, on the right-hand side of the alleyway, the thread, once again, changed direction. Now pointing to my right, and up. My gaze followed its line, as I wondered how I was going to get inside the building, let alone get up to the second or third floor. I didn't have to wonder long, though, as when my gaze made it to the balcony of the third story, there stood Rafa. He leaned against the rail, with a look of mild amusement on his face. The yellow of my magic glimmered at the edge of my vision, and I turned to see what it was showing me. A single brick, about shoulder height, was lit up with a ball of yellow. When I focused on it, lines formed, showing me that this brick worked as a switch that would lower a set of stairs leading me to the balcony Rafa stood on. So I pushed in on it. The brick gave way under my press to the depth of the first joint of my finger, with a light grating sound. And sure enough, a metal staircase loosed itself from the lower side of the balcony Rafa stood on. As I waited for the stairs to reach me, Rafa walked down them as they lengthened, remaining quiet until he stood in the alleyway before me. I wondered if you'd be able to trace them. Where I had expected some amount of annoyance at my intrusion, his voice was as casual as ever. I told him that I hadn't strictly meant for that to happen, but that when I thought it might, I had to test it out. I'm glad it worked, was all he said. Now what? I hadn't actually thought about what I would do or say should I actually find him. Time stretched and was about to feel awkward when a large door on the ground level of the building opposite of Rafa's slid open. We both turned to look. It was a workshop, but not a tinkerer one in the truest sense. Behind the very large metal door was a small airship. Not the dirigible style, favoured by those on Tesla's, but an interplanetary ship meant to utilise a very small crew. It was silver in colour, or maybe grey would be a better description, as it had no shine to it at all, with dark blue patches of old paint that were faded almost into non-existence. The older gentleman who pushed the door open addressed Rafa, asking if he'd like to take a look at the progress that had been made on the ship so far. I looked to Rafa, surprised that he seemed to be involved with the ship, but what I saw wasn't Rafa. Well, I mean, it was Rafa, but it didn't look like the Rafa I have come to know. Different, too, from the Rafa that came to the transport station that day. He stood, taller and older than usual, with blonde hair and tanned skin. But his eyes remained the same. Green as ever. Knowing Rafa is a formling is a different experience than seeing it. Of course, I'd seen it that day he found me at the transport station, but this was... something else. This seemed to reinforce that the Rafa that I saw was, just maybe, the real Rafa. In all honesty, his being a formling isn't something that stays at the forefront of my mind. I'm constantly aware of it, because of my species knowing, but if I kept that information top of mind for everyone I encountered on a daily basis, it would be overwhelming. 
It's not something I consciously think about, and so I find myself almost forgetting, in the moments in between, that Rafa's entire appearance and personality could be completely false. That's what formlings do. They change themselves. Not that they have to, but they can, at any instant, change everything about their appearance, as Rafa had just shown me. In the flood of thoughts, the second-guessing and then reassuring myself that Rafa isn't constantly lying to me, I lost track of the conversation Rafa was having with the older gentleman. Until he, Rafa, pulled me gently by the arm as he took a step forward. I'm sure the look on my face was pure confusion as I blinked to clear my mind and started listening once again. Rafa was saying, Thank you again for your work, Alastair. I know you were reluctant to take the job in the first place. You'll find your payment has been made in full, but my new mechanic can take it from here. Relief crossed the man, Alastair's face, as he reached out to shake Rafa's hand with both of his very dirty ones. The older man stammered his thanks, saying that it really wasn't so bad, and that he would be happy to do more work in the future, under different circumstances. I tried to look like I knew what was going on, but I'm not sure how well that worked. The man, though, didn't pay any attention to me. Alastair thanked Rafa one last time, and wiped his brow with a greasy rag that left a black smudge in its wake. Neither of us said anything as he turned and headed down the alleyway in the same direction I had come from. I turned back to Rafa, ready to see my Rafa once again. I wasn't disappointed. I could tell from the look he gave me. He was waiting for me to start asking questions. So far, at least, he has never seemed too bothered by them. Saved by the interruption... The awkwardness that had lingered at my unannounced presence in the alleyway was gone now, and I found myself with several things to talk about. The thing that drew the most of my attention was the ship, and I said so. I couldn't help but walk toward it. Our home had always been kept very sterile, and free of things that a tinkerer child could, well, tinker with. I'd never been allowed around anything that was overly mechanical, like a ship, except when I was aboard a transport and even then it was never acceptable to follow my curiosity. I wasn't exactly forced to hide my interests, but I was never allowed to do anything that resembled pursuing them. And ships have always intrigued me. Rafa rattled off all her specks while I wandered around the exterior. My magic begged to show me everything he talked about, but I kept it at bay. The cool metal made my blood sing as I ran my hand over the faded paint, and I realized that it had been painted that way on purpose. It was solid under the paint. He waited for me where I started my slow path around the ship, leaning against the side, arms crossed, a small smile on his face and mischief in his eyes. Will you fix her for me? he asked. It took me a moment to process what he'd said. You said you have a new mechanic. I wasn't sure where he was going with this. Alistair does very good work, but he didn't want to work on an unregistered ship. He shrugged. I was hoping you'd be my new mechanic. I didn't know how to respond, so I started with the truth. I've never worked on anything before. I barely understand the little my magic is able to do right now. Then I realized. This is what you meant by the pen being the first test, wasn't it? You'd been testing me to see if I could do this for you. He raised his hands in defense. 
I'd been hoping I could get your magic working, first and foremost. If you were able and interested to help me with her, he nodded towards the ship. That was just a bonus. I eyed him suspiciously. I would have no idea what I was doing, I said. He leaned on the ship once more before he responded. I think you can figure it out. And he took a long breath. Your father pays me a ridiculous amount to keep an eye on you. I feel like you should have some of it. You've been looking for a job, and I need a job done. This could help both of us out. Hmm. Could I do it? Could I really fix a ship? I didn't even know what was wrong with it. I still don't. But I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to see if I can do it. And I don't know that I have been more excited about anything in my entire life. Truly. Wish me luck. Until we chat again. Look up at the stars. Take a deep breath. And remember that I, for one, am thankful you are out there. Lucy Fenwick, signing off. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Stephanie Dawn, author and voice of Into the Emberverse. If you enjoyed today's installment, please consider buying Lucy a cup of coffee through Ko-fi. Link in the show notes below or at intotheemberverse.com. Every cup helps Lucy pay for her room at Madame Dufries and also keeps her adventures advertisement free. New episodes of Into the Emberverse release every other Wednesday, so make sure you hit that follow button and they'll be saved for you. If you were intrigued by what you heard today, please share this episode on social media. Every share is like a little hug and is appreciated more than you realize. For more of Lucy and other Emberverse stories, you can find all of our socials in the show notes below. Until we chat again, take care of one another.